2: Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT Dubai, oh. oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events, backstage fights. We have interviews, <laughs> roundtable discussions. <laughs> (laughs) and a round of the week (laughs) complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on culture. As I said, though, joined by Hanflet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. And I know people are going to complain straight away by going, you're talking about AEW on the WWE podcast. But don't worry, later on today, we will be sitting down to talk about All Out and the all-out fallout as well. Very good. Uh, with everything that went on backstage. So much so, we may not even get a chance to re- preview uh, NXT D- B- oh tonight, but we'll deal with all that and Worlds Collide stuff tomorrow. I realise that's just a lot of stuff to throw at you. <laughs> but it's been a pretty crazy few days. Point that to one side. What did you make of last night's Monday Night Raw, Hamlet? Well,
3: so I thought this was a very good Raw, but with a, a booking complaint, So egregious, it would be something that wouldn't be out of place in the pre-Triple H H regime. And uh, uh, the game has still got a good snap because he's picked the perfect week to do something as egregious as this. We'll get to it during the review. Something that, like, I'm going to go in two-footed on because it was absolutely terrible, but never in his career. Well, he's always been master of timing Has he picked a better time to do this Mm. because absolutely nobody will care. The bar is still low. Uh, Criticisms are still very generous. He's coming off the back of a hugely well-received event. Almost unanimously, like finished finished debates aside, uh, there was one thing on the show that was absolutely terrible. But the fact that this was so terrible, sticking out from what I thought was otherwise a good episode, mm-hmm. in itself is kind of a compliment and like not a bad time.
4: If you didn't think I could shoehorn an AEW reference into this podcast, <laughs> Wilbon, were you fing born yesterday. <laughs> uh look. Right, I'm sorry, but it's just uh we all deal with parallels and all the rest of it. Um in the wrestling media game. In terms of where Triple H is at in this honeymoon period, I'm truly starting to think, based on the controversial finish to Class at the Castle, kind of a mid roll last week, and some pretty egregious booking decisions, as Hampler points out this week, where it's kind of leopards can't change their spot stuff, where maybe that's the equivalent to the post-full-gear 2019 period for where I was like, eh, this suck ass? Um, but and by the way, this guy hyped on the fair on Saturday night. So that's, that's as earnest
3: to take as it gets yeah. because that was just one of the finest moments of my life. I think WWE <laughs> rules. And I was like, <laughs> what <laughs> match
4: was it during where I said that? The uh, at the castle? I think it was in
3: the main event because we were just like, the drama the, was, they're doing the Hogan Warrior stuff and they're nailing it. Like I'm the biggest critic of the Roman Reigns cheat code formula. That's how you do it right. Like they were nailing it off the back of this
4: excellent show as as well. These bits where they're like really, really slow and apprehensive as if to convey, I can't make a mistake against this guy. One, because the other guy has been champ for two years. And then two, this guy's in the form of his life and he's got all of these people behind him. It's just a little Hogan warrior style I'm going to do a suplex on you. No, I'm going to do a suplex on you. And it's just like, I'm like, yeah, the Fed rules. <laughs> Except this show sucked. Yes, we are kind of in that bit of the honeymoon period where it's like, ah, maybe maybe Triple H still sucks ass.
2: I had a good time watching this show, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, it had been a bit of a, a wild 24 hours for me. I finally got <laughs> back into the loop of things and... Oh boy, what a loop <laughs> to get back into! And uh, the oh show, boy. the show opened with with what should have been the biggest story of the weekend: Dominic Mysterio, heel member of the Judgment Day. Just I know we going over old ground, and you guys reviewed Clash of the Castle, but just talk me through that moment because as, as I, said, I think I mentioned we, we got messaged uh, privately uh, prior to coming in, back into work, um, and I said. I tried to avoid all spoilers whilst I was away. Um, scheduling conflicts, conflicts obviously, it meant I couldn't come to Conflict. the show. <laughs> Complex. Um, and so I tried to avoid all spoilers, and I did. I didn't know anything about I woke. I watched All Out yesterday. I watched Worlds Glide yesterday, and I watched Class at the Castle as well yesterday. And <laughs> one thing I couldn't avoid due to the sheer <laughs> number of tweets, Instagram messages, tags, all that sort of thing was obviously Dom betraying his own father, as we said all along at Clash at the Castle.
3: Just like we always said, as we said all along, there had been... I mean, we knew it. You weren't there, so we knew it was going to happen. And there was such, like, a frisson for the moment because you weren't there. Like It was like, this has got to be the night. Not just because we always said it all mm. along, but uh, this has got to be the night. Um, there would be... You might have missed this because, obviously, you were on the Friday. There would been a bit of... Um, uh, chatter on Reddit and Twitter and in the you know last minute prediction articles and stuff like that. There'd been this suggestion that they were going to go with something daft like an electric chair spot, but like we'd kind of <laughs> made it clear that like we were always more into the traditional Eddie Guerrero yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but the yeah, uh, I wanted to lose his shoes in the process. <laughs> shoe clean up Edge's ass. Like people are saying, "Why is he kicked off one of his shoes? Wait a minute, where's his other one? <laughs> it's <laughs> stuck in the gooch. It's stuck in Edge's Mickey gooch. <laughs> it was absolutely exhilarating." And uh, I think you were there in person based on anybody that listens to this podcast that was also in the building because we were up and screaming and popping and then immediately yeah, the, the tweets started coming.
4: It wasn't just the small concentrated area of uh, running gag, <laughs> popping daft added, this was over out the ass in the building as was Edge, like genuinely to be a little bit earnest about it was a genuine moment Yeah. Um, in the career of Dominic Mysterio. I thought he kind of sucked ass tonight though. I like this. I guess we'll get to this.
3: It's a nice segue, actually, into this. Um, We described this collectively, and Cedric hit the word first before me. This was kind of perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. um, It was perfectly done. Because he'd even helped without them seeing. Yeah. So that was such an important detail. It's like, even now, he's disrespecting this poor little large adult son. Like, <laughs> he, just <laughs> give him something, and when he doesn't get that, it's like, well, yeah, that's it.
2: Absolutely sort of explodes.
4: Guerrero mullet, as poin- Hampler yeah. pointed out, he's getting the tash in and stuff now. Um, I've got problems with the portrayal on Raw, but we'll get to it right now.
2: Yes, so Edge makes his way out to, to start Raw. The reaction to Edge in... God. Oh. Well, ...sounded ridiculous as
4: well. It was Daniel Bryan at Mania 30 tier. Wow. Having attended both shows live in person, it was out the airs. So they recap... Dom's
2: uh, actions at Clash at the Castle. Uh, And Edge talks about his relationship with Dominic and knowing him since he was a kid. And he said, I wonder if it's because I was... uh, Because I speared him accidentally. I I thought we cleared that up a few weeks back. Look, the reason why I did all this, the reason why I ended up tagging with your dad, basically, Dom, is because I feel... Can't help but feel Judgment Day's a bit my fault. And I thought, it's all your fault. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but now he's furious with with Dom. He's not looking at him as Ray's son. He's looking at him as a WWE superstar, and he demands that Dom come out to the ring. and A Mysterio does come out, but it's Ray who pleads with Edge not not to hurt his son. He apologizes on his behalf. He gets booed as a result of that. Uh, and Edge came back with a nice line saying, "Look, he's old enough to drink. He's old enough to drive. That means he's old enough to re- accept responsibility for his actions." Calls out Dom. And instead, this time, Rhea Ripley comes out uh, and Ripley laughs all this off, says that Ray can't baby Dominic anymore and she made Dominic a man. Oh, my God. Um, and <laughs> out, comes, out comes Dom. <laughs> Hang on, I've got to find this tweet because this is, I read this on the news earlier. Out comes Dom dressed in the words of... Massive shout out to Mark Smith on Twitter... Dressed as mm, dark Gareth Southgate. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a black, he's all black, black waistcoat, everything like Adam
3: that. I had uh, him a gothy O'Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, uh, he's got um, are you mine, Arctic Monkeys, Alex Turner <laughs> hair slicked back. And uh, he, uh, races. says, you got to snap out of it, Dom. Um, it's not too late to apologize to Edge. And uh, Rhea Ripley and Dominic start walking towards the ring. Dominic doesn't say anything. Didn't say anything on the entire show, to be honest. Uh, they start walking to the ring. Uh, Ray says, I can't be a part of this. I can't handle this. He jumps out of the ring. He walks up to Dom and says, don't do this. Dom just looks straight past him, basically. Uh, Ray looks back, walks off. There's, a, there's an either an Eddie's son or Eddie sucks chant. I'm not 100% certain. I, I think it was a bit of both. Um... And Dom and, and, and Rhea continue to walk towards the ring. And Edge is ready to fight both of them. This brings in Finn Balor and Damian Priest from behind. They jump him. They beat him down. There's, a, there's you know, chop blocks. There's a, a south of heaven chokeslam. Ray goes back in to help. But Dominic shoves him. And Ripley sends him into the ring steps. Uh, and then Balor and Priest target Edge's leg. And Dominic himself hands the chair to Finn Balor. It uh, um, gets put on Edge's leg. Valor coup de grace the chair onto Edge's knee and uh, Judgment Day walk out, arms around their newest member. Damien Priest, so proud of him. And uh, they announced that Edge has gone to a hospital at at the end of all this.
3: You know, those dynamite segments where we're all so positive about that, like kind of the takes are just sprawling and all over the place. And there's no sort of like chronology to it. It's like, I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this. I think that's where I'm going to be with this. And by the sounds of it, it's not going to be as positive, which is great for all those dweebs that are so desperate for fucking balance all the time. <laughs> but uh, I love this, and I love this for a lot of reasons. Like, I just really enjoyed this segment. Certainly in contrast to all the real-life aggro happening on one side, I was bang-game for some soapy Coronation Street nonsense, so I think the timing of this was quite, like, ex- inadvertently expertly yes. placed against the real-life absolute carnage taking place on the other side. So this was just daft, silly sports entertainment that was my cup of tea because it was I thought it was superbly well-executed. Um, Edge was very good. Unbelievable in, as you say, like laying out the difference between the Dominic he would rather be friends with and the one he's going to have to deck. So like, I thought that was like, it, you didn't necessarily need it. It was quite, it, there was a lot of exposition there, but I thought it like kind of created this delineation between like, so in two weeks time when he's absolutely battering, his best mate's kid, think about that. Like the sort of, I'm going to have to beat the sh- out of your, your son. <laughs> like you do have to get there. And I thought, fair play, they're actually trying mm. to get there. Similarly, you knew Ray would go down the route of, I'm, um, I'm not going to do that. But then them also getting to the place where Ray would initially let it happen before being torn on whether he should, because it's like, you're beating up my kid. You're beating up my son.
2: I like that. I like the, the, the Ray later on backstage promo going, I will never, ever hit my son. <laughs> Meanwhile, Billy Gunn, cool, see you on Dynamite.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Logically, you are supposed to get there. You know, that, that's like a, a big thing to get over, but wrestling just sort of accepts it sometimes. Yeah. So I quite admire them going to that trouble. Um I love Rhea Ripley has been made effectively the leader of the judgment day. She's the best talker of the bunch. So this like actually stands out as that. It's something we've said before about like the I think it was probably when the way had like sort of two female members, two male members. More of that is better for everybody. Like it sort of elevates the division. At some point, Rhea is gonna be in a feud and she's gonna be this big deal with this stable behind her. So like I like her not just now as the kind of the bully of Dominic Mysterio and whatever else is happening there, but as the as the absolute leader of this group and like mm. setting setting them on people and stuff like that. Genuinely a bit of WWE like artistic camera work. And I know that the main event thing was being praised. But Ray, like Dominic, no selling Ray. And then that look back from Ray, I thought that looked fantastic. Yeah. Genuinely, like really quite heartfelt. And of course, Mysterio's the perfect baby face for this because he's always done so much with the face, not least when it's covered with a mask. So I just thought all the kind of like the components were laid out here because Dominic has already physically attacked Ray but they found a way to give you that on the night and then sort of undo it. Yeah. Like, he's going to have to hit Ray again for Ray to fight back. And I thought that's quite impressive that they were able to give you this huge moment. Looks like Bret and Owen Hart. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Like, we compared... Was it with the guns? We compared that to, like, Bret and Owen and Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. No, I will not fight you thing. And then being like, I'm not going to damn, Like, whatever. Like, it's, it's never going to be that, and it's barely going to be that. But I thought this was... Pretty strong stuff. They've and all of this was so trivial weeks ago as well. It was more a bit of fun for us, and they've braved leading raw with it following the delivery of this massive stadium payoff.
4: Hamflood's covered most of the plot points, uh, so I won't go over that. And by the standards of soapy WWE fair, this is really co- quite well thought out. You've got like the nostalgia SmackDown Six element to it. You've got Dominic Mysterio finally not being the worst babyface alive. Um, so there are elements where this is actually quite strong storytelling by WWE standards. <laughs> I just kind of can't take Dominic Mysterio seriously in this kind of solemn, like, intense, trying to be imposing. I thought they really nailed something because this the Judgment Day kind of suck. They do. They just... Sorry, if, so did you see the meme, Wilbur?
3: laughing oh oh my god like that cut
4: that got a pop in the
3: stadium when the camera cut to them all pissing themselves
4: that's what i really like it finally happened on something that wasn't just vaguely supernatural leaning these weird delusions of dominance when you lose half the time this kind of identity free stable where it's just some heel guys and the the, who wear dark clothing and i've never really got a a grasp Mm -hmm. of what the judgment day are when they all fell about pissing themselves, I thought, that's wrestling, that's emotion, that's something distinct, I can get on board with that. And I kind of thought they would pivot into that direction where Dominic could be, like, a really obnoxious... Like, the guy's meant to be stylistically reminiscent of, like, and aesthetically, Eddie Guerrero. And he can't be intimidating because he looks like his... He's 12 years old and had a growth spurt. So he'll (laughs) never, ever be intimidating. So why not go the full hog with Eddie and just start being more mischievous and, like, obnoxious? And I just can't... He's not imposing. And I thought it almost fell apart because I was expected to buy that. Hmm. Well, more
2: on this a little bit later on. Um, My... Guilty pleasure. Favorite storylines right now is followed up next. The Miz and Champa. The <laughs> Miz just consistently no-selling, kidnapping, and assault, basically, by pretending that if you don't say his name, it's okay. He doesn't want to talk about it. I think this was with Megan. Uh, but most Megan... even and-
4: emails and read on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: both Megan and Sarah tried to ask him about it throughout this show and he, he doesn't want to talk about it. Instead, he's just really happy to be facing one of the most dominant, terrifying men in WWE inside of a steel cage. Because that means the other guy can't get him for a bit, basically. Uh, but as they're walking through, they see something that looks less like a Dexter Loomis thing, i.e., a bin on fire, and more like something to come very soon—a flipped car. You flipped? Like, I love that as a calling card—a
3: flipped car. A Dexter must be here. Like, did I misread this last week? Because um, I like I was very busy doing kids' stuff because it's still the school some holidays because the system still doesn't work. But Are they back now. T- tomorrow, man. What? I Sorry, Anna.
2: Siege. That's your dot line.
3: Huh? Tomorrow. Anyway, um, was there a bit of a Warrior in the Mirror element to The Miz and Dexter Loomis last week? Because that was dropped this week. Like, I read it last week. It's like, hey, The Miz can... That guy, Dexter Loomis, The Miz can see him. But, like, all the wrestlers and the refs were like, what's the problem, Miz? It like, well, it's Dexter Loomis. I, <laughs> I think
4: the. Took it too far. There was a bit where Dexter Loomis was a security guard and yeah. then when Miz turned around, it wasn't. So I think you're meant to see that through his own point of view. But it falls apart in the arena because thousands of people <laughs> are going, hey, there's Dexter Loomis. And Champ is meant to be going, what?
3: I'm glad they've like literally tipped a car on top of that element of the yeah. story. And it's like, now nah, he's this he's this constant present murderous threat.
2: That's, see, I, I That's saw, what we're doing. That's who he is. I saw that as Braun being like, oh, flip this on the way to the ring.
4: It was meant to be Braun. Yeah, uh, like the actual nice little oh, detail. I
2: would never even which make that. Which makes the yeah.
4: actual Braun thing all the more stupid. So it makes it <laughs> so rattled
3: that everything he's seen is now. Yep. Back. Do you know what? There you go. Didn't even pick that story bit up as I was watching because... It's quite cute. Yeah, that's
2: nice. Uh, and then we got the uh, fail four-way number one contenders match. It was the New Day versus Alpha Academy versus Lost of Thoros versus Street Profits. Um, with the outlaw rule gone, I should point out, because... <laughs> Kofi and, and Xavier are in. And I think Gaza tags in Kingston, and Xavier Woods is the other legal man, and they slap hands like, okay, we're going to go out, we're finally going to have a fight, and Woods just lays down. <laughs> Kingston goes to pin him, and they go, oh, bollocks! Uh, <laughs> which is, me and Andy were talking about this on the news, is really confusing. I get it. I'm, hopefully, it's not obviously not something they're going to revisit anytime soon ever again, but they brought in the outlaw rule uh, after the New Age Outlaws pinned... Each other basically mm. in a triple threat to a uh, triple threat tag match to to become a So think. they won and lost, but they'll won. Exactly. It's been through, yeah. so,
4: God damn it.
2: so anyway, uh that happens. Big brawl breaks out, New Day clears the ring, double dives to the floor, go to a break. Uh Umberto hits a back suplex on Montes Ford. Uh, Ford fights back, in comes Dawkins, looks amazing again, runs wild, launch Kingston sort of pounces him over the top rope onto people at ringside. Uh then Dawkins hits a dive. Ford and Angel Garza give uh, Xavier Woods a double superplex. Umberto goes for a moonsault, but Woods gets his feet up. And Umberto bounces off Woods' feet into a German suplex from Chad Gable. Oh, my God. my God. So good. Uh, Otis splashes Woods off the second turnbuckle. Kingston dives in to break up the pin. We go to another break. When we come back, Ford slams Otis, goes up top, but Ford doesn't see Gables, make a, made a blind tag. The Lotharios cut Ford off. Kingston, Woods, and Dawkins goes after them. The Sario's hit double moon salts. Ford hits a frog splash on Otis, but Gables the legal man comes in, grabs the ankle lock on Montez Ford. Everyone's laid out. It looks like he may get the submission victory. And then all of a sudden, Bro, Broad's music hits. He comes down and just kills all of these twats. He just wrecks everyone. Security. Uh, he does the choo-choo train and falls over. Uh, Senzo is, <laughs> <slutty. Fun>. nah. <laughs> Senzo is through the bloody, sends Otis is through the barrier, uh, slams D- Dawkins through the commentary table. Looks great, by the way. Uh, and I said this on the news, uh, Hamlet. Uh, if you'd have said to me a few weeks back, Braun Strowman's coming back to WWE, I'd have gone, oh. But then I saw him last night, and I was like,
4: yes, here he is. Right. Can that? Sorry, can I just do this one first? Yeah. Because sometimes it's WWE when you throw it to him all the time first. I've got nothing else to say. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I know you do it with AEW and WWE. The way yeah. around, But I, just, I do actually have a thought. Go on. I do actually have a thought here, right? They kind of ruined literally their own gotcha moment, right, by doing something even dumber. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, where are the Viking Raiders? Because yep. they've just annihilated week after week after yeah. week the New Day. And then... Beat them handily in a match. And they are not as good as them, apparently, to warrant uh, the title <laughs> shot. And then I thought to myself, hang on, we, can, we can bury this. And you can also bury the AEW tag team division at the same time <laughs> because it's the same thing. Yes, FTR number one ranked, but they obviously have plans to do something with them with the AEW titles. In the meantime, and if you do it now, it kind of ruins the heat. It's that wrestling thing yeah. where in Triple H's defense, and this would look so much better if... I don't know how it looks better, actually. But the optics of doing a fo- fatal four-way contenders match, and that goes also Viking Raiders, the fifth best team after <laughs> they've been established as the destroyers of this division. Stupid, but you know for a fact Triple H likes them. He's been booking them strong. It's just a, they can't work the Usos because WWE tends to shy away from heel versus heel matches, and he's got bigger plans for them that don't involve them losing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, those bigger plans can't happen. Look, it happens across both promotions. It shouldn't, because AEW I hold to a better standard. But I thought, you know what? These tag team contenders are just as useless as the other. Well done. They're on equal footing, for whatever the hell that means. And then they do something worse by killing the tag team division outright by having Braun Strowman beat up four tag teams. And the worst thing is, this match was hot. Yep.
2: Yeah, this was match, a match is
4: really, really hot. So, um, like, there were a few contrived moments, but it, it was mainly so breathless and so creatively worked. And I don't know, it's one of those things where it's the other side of the coin. When two teams work together to the point of numbness, and yet they still create magic, it's almost more impressive. Mm. Like, when Alpha Academy and Street Profits were doing their sequence, it was...
2: These nuts?
4: No, <laughs> it wasn't. It was actually. It was actually.
1: Oh my god! Sorry about that. <laughs> that was a complete. By accident. the way,
3: by the way, these nuts are hanging out.
4: <laughs> so it was. <laughs> it was in fact. Oh my god! Because they weren't together so well. It's just a slight tweak on their their usual sequences. That was great. Mm. And then who cares about them afterwards? Because singles wrestlers are better. This was... You've done it again. (laughs) Sorry,
2: I'm getting ready for thoughts. All right, okay.
4: This was...
2: We're gonna do it anyway.
4: (laughs) We're gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna tweet this, actually, because it's good. On some level, on some level, this was even stupider than the Doomsday Cage match from Uncensored 1996 because... Two people beat eight people. (laughs) And in this one, one person beat eight people. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. Triple H is meant to like tag team wrestling, isn't he? Revival, DIY, American Alpha, Mustache Mountain, Undisputed Era. Several great tag team feuds and matches. And Gallus. Shut up, man. (laughs) Yeah, And he's just kind of killed the division here. That's probably hyperbole, but it's certainly going to make me cautious. And the whole point of the Triple H era is don't express caution. Bask in the honeymoon. And now I'm thinking, what are you doing? I'm sorry. This is going to get likes. So when you talk, I need to get this. This is a good tweet. I just, I just, you know, I I was so,
2: so (laughs) overwhelmed by seeing Braun Strowman back. I didn't think about any of the tag teams. And then afterwards, I just thought, I'll just have Chad Gable cut a mint promo where he says, oh, we basically had it won until someone sent Braun Strowman down to beat the crap out of me.
3: Yeah, I have no doubt that they fixed this because, um, the, like, Triple H has already proven that he kind of can make things make sense. But I tried to articulate this when he took over was that what I was looking forward to with WWE was being able to be angry for the right reasons again. You know how, if you were ever... Like, we were all long too dulled by Vince McMahon's products to be angry anymore. Funny enough, somebody came up to us over the weekend, Will. Um one of the What Culture Live shows, and everybody was great, by the way, and we'll be saying that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Everyone mm-hmm. was awesome. It was so nice to meet everybody. And said that they discovered wrestling, the channel, everything else, blah, 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 through your rant after Hell in a Cell and Seth and the Fiend, right? Oh, yeah. And you were like... <laughs> I remember. You were genuinely annoyed at the catastrophic demise of this character, right? Whereas... That was kind of where we all fell in love with the Fiend for being useless, for being mm-hmm. part of a useless entity, and that was WB because it's like, well, this is of course what they were going to do. They will just ruin everything mm-hmm. because it's this mindless nonsense, right? We weren't angry in that sense in the way that you were. That was probably no way back for you. Yeah. Vince McMahon was WB after that point. I'd rather be angry for the right reasons, and I think this is what that is. Like, I was more annoyed than, I think, Sidric over the Viking Raiders element of this because I was like, well, hang on. Yeah, I, like, I didn't like that feud at all, but I was asked to invest in it and take it seriously when the match came around, and it does, and they win. And I know there's no rankings, but there's this idea of rankings, and it's like, and yeah. It's like yeah, where are where are the Viking Raiders? Because you've not told us that they're fighting the Usos next week, so they're not having a shot now. It's not like winner of this match fights winner of Usos-Viking yeah, 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 yeah. Just put them on island for a second. You've had this match because you've set it up for Braun Strowman to squash the guys. So why have this match to squash the guy? There's a twenty four seven division you evidently hate. It's a Use doomsday them. cage.
4: Yeah, yeah, just the tweet. Evidently,
3: <laughs> evidently hate these dweebs in the twenty four seven division. Yeah. You're not even featuring it. Use them. Number one. Number two. If you absolutely must do this, Bronstrom and Rex people that could never possibly see him coming. Don't work me an invested audience man, by giving them 15 minutes of a credible, yeah, like, great. credible eight guys fighting for the right to be no more contenders, have them go less than 30 seconds and then have Braun come out and none of them be ready for it. We're like, oh my God, it's Braun Strowman and then he wrecks them, and it's like, Braun is now going on this, they're going to do the run this angle where he's going to do, he says he's going to do SmackDown, doesn't he? Like, mm-hmm. he's going to do the same to whoever tries it on SmackDown. He's, got Nicholas on the phone and he said, listen, we're gonna, I'm back and we're going to win these tag belts or something like that's why I'm taking out tag team wrestling. But don't like make me invest 15 minutes and be reminded that you have rebuilt secondary titles and you are rebuilding women's divisions and tag divisions just to wreck it. This was really, really thick in the way that you're supposed to critically analyse bad Wrestling booking. Triple H reminded me how it is that I'm actually supposed to watch WWE for the wrong reasons. <laughs> the right ones. An absolute, like, tapping that he shot miles wide. Mm. Really,
4: really stupid because otherwise the pop was enormous. If you uh, ever want to draft and fire off a tweet when I'm talking, you can, not you know. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I've got no memory I would have forgot by the time I left <laughs> this studio.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot,
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Uh, that was then followed uh, by another tag match. It was the women's tag champs Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Yevi and Nikki A.S.H. Oh, skip.
4: can't oh, skip. Yeah. I be a- Failing up. That's Triple H for you. Like
2: I did think You just had a title show.
4: Triple H is booking. I'm sorry, I know I said skip, but I'm actually going to talk about the match. And I know skip means skip. <laughs> I've worked. I've worked out what Triple H is booking is right. This isn't applicable to it, but between the main event and the uh, Ron Strowman thing, right? Triple H's booking tactic is to do something stupid to justify a pop. <laughs> and he and he thinks the means uh, the means uh, justify the ends. Uh. Is that the other way around? Don't I don't know. I think it's the other way. Around, I think. Yeah, the <laughs> ends, ends like justify they the means. I also like it. If you got the right, wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> the ends justify the means. That's his approach to booking. What an idiot!
3: Uh, yeah, there are challenges here lost to tag team champions that we know are on a lower tier yeah. at Worlds Clyde on Sunday, and saying, well, now we're going to take on Toxic Attraction, so we've not been friends on the main roster for a week, me, mind I, <laughs> Like it, Triple H is asking me to watch all of this stuff, and because we love 2.0, we do. Like You've got to make this make sense.
4: So there was a development here subsequent to the match, wasn't there? Yes. So, again, something stupid to make something happen. Like, this match shouldn't have happened, but it only happened to make something else happen. Why don't you make things happen in, like, this... Um, what I would like to describe is <laughs> <as> a... L- <laughs> Is a logical sequential chain of events. <laughs> That's better storytelling. <laughs> <bold> strategy card. <laughs> That's a better strategy than doing something dumb that makes no sense just to arrive yeah. at uh, development. He's an asshole. Also, of
3: all the weeks to do a <laughs> skit where you've got a backstage scuffle, reference it. Be a dick. Be a dick on television. Like, yeah,
4: it was. It was like a, they had a little bit of a fight. Whatever. It's like treat yourself. Can you imagine? Yourself. You should treat himself. Can you imagine? And like, I love. It's the ultimate 40 chess game from Triple H to just be above it. You kind of make it happen and you do your moves in the, sh- in the shadows. But he's not a poster. He's mm. not a message board he's poster. Not. And this is kind of how he wins I'm above that crap. <laughs> if he just dropped a cry laugh emoji, like I hate the man <laughs> <laughs> and I hate the emoji. But if he dropped a cry laugh at about 5 pm UK time yesterday, that would have been awesome. Him just, just getting ready for Monday Night Raw eating a muffin. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Well, one segment, security guard races out of shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. Next segment, <laughs> the, next God, segment you see Nicky A.S.H. being pushed out of a door or something like that, like the treat yourself honestly like that. What was the one that even we were like, oh, Jesus Christ, mate. What was that Don Callis T-shirt that he held up to the camera? It was like no flips or no. There was like the, the words. Oh the thing yeah, that, there was a rule that had been put in the WWE. It rule. was the leg slapping, wasn't that it? That was it. No thigh slapping. It was like they put it on a T-shirt to sell them pro wrestling
2: tees. Yeah, It's fair game. This nonsense, man. Anyway, Dude <laughs> got distracted and got hit with the Tejana bomb, and the tag champs won. Obviously, enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review. Review. Nailed it. <laughs> Nah. Yeah. <laughs> this week's five star review review is brought to you by Chase Austin. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of something on Monday Night Raw, uh, you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, leaving us a five star review on there. Or as Chase Austin has done, you can leave us a five star review on Spotify and then email your review to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, and Chase writes Greetings and salutations, my <laughs> fine <devil> gentlemen. <laughs> I have previously left a five-star review review. I'm just gonna do it on normal voice now. I've previously left a five-star review review on Apple, but as a mainly Spotify listener, I went ahead and left five stars for you there as well. I also like the fact that Chase that. has given me a screenshot just in case I didn't believe oh, him. A, love all of a, be like
3: Chase, double yeah. up and send the send the receipts. Uh,
2: you gents what culture genuinely helped the day move along much faster than it normally would, and happened to provide excellent wrestling opinions and coverage as well. Uh the reviews always send my mood to the moon. Yeah. He might be feuding with Tony D, mightn't yeah. he? A little backstage segment. What are you going to do? Collides. What are you going to do? I'm gonna get oh. a. <laughs> Would you not be conflicted? I mean, I can't pick sides, but still, if he has to join, Wilborn's conflicted. He's looking at his hands, but only because in one hand he's got
3: a picture of Tony and he's got a picture yeah. of Simon Grimes.
2: Uh, anyway, chase continues. Um, last time I left a review, I gave it to Sidric, but this time it's a free choice for Hamlet, uh, mainly because I'm hoping he delves into some peak TNA crap, oh. which we will revisit at some point. Um, but you'll you will you'll see in a second. Chase, uh, thanks for all the laughs and the information, gents. Best wishes, best wishes to all the legends. Chase Austin, thank you very much, Chase. I don't that. think you told him that bit. <laughs> no, because what you came up with was far better. So, <laughs> it, what would you? What? Sorry, Chase. What? Sorry, Chase. He's, an, he's an asshole. Well, no, Chase. No, no, no. Shade on you, just because it felt well rather applicable. What did you go for, Hamlet? Uh, oh, we
3: know me. I'm a cliche. Love my new generation. Love my pre-attitude, attitude stuff. Didn't I? That went for Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Sunny Days. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to give the background to uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels not being best of friends. But I don't know why. Don't know why inciting incidents came into my head today. In front of me, brain.
2: Front of me, brain. So yeah, uh, what was this? What year is this then? This is June
3: 1997. The actual context for the segment, I should just say, because it's this is long forgotten, and obviously, of course, it is because of the comment and everything that followed. This is June 1997. Brett had been in the. um, He'd been on crutches after Steve Austin had attacked him. There was the little wheelchair bit that he was doing, but he was supposed to be coming back off his injury, and they were going to fight. Weirdly, now, when you think about it, they were going to fight at King of the Ring. Mm. Montreal might have not been in the first meeting in 18 months. And all the hearts were going to be handcuffed around the ring, and Sean had 10 minutes to beat Brett, and he said he could, and all that. He'd lost his smile, but he was back. Brett was out of the wheelchair, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, like, I don't know, a little passing remark comes up in a promo, and suddenly they can't be in the same room together, and the match gets cancelled. <laughs>
2: What yeah. could that remark? I mean? like normally we do the backstory and then we just sort of say what happens. Yeah, I feel like we should do the the fallout from this after I read through. I mean, very. It's a very brief. Uh, the thing is, a like, review of you bit of the thing because yeah. I'm just going to say, Shawn Michaels had sunny days.
3: Like the, the obviously so here, what happens is there is simmering heat. A wrestler re- makes a remark in which the simmering heat sort of continues to simmer, but then by the time it boils over, say like. A few weeks later, the whole situation becomes untenable and there's real violence in the place of fictional one. And I'm just glad that wrestling as an industry has learned from that and such things will never, in the exact same order, happen again. Like, I just, I'm glad we've all learned and grown.
2: Yeah,
4: we might be doing another podcast <laughs> later.
3: 25 uh, goddamn years I waited for this.
4: 25 years I waited for this needle. Mm-hmm. He, had to, yeah. he, had, he had to end you Undertaker and Kane 500 goddamn times. <laughs> Eric Escobar, guest Eric host. Escobar! Guest host eras, Million Dollar Mania. You like indie guys? Hey, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's back. It shouldn't be back, actually. I've, I've reached a tipping point, but we will delve into that mm. bad lad later on today.
2: So, yeah, my, my job's relatively easy. It's quite brief, uh, this. Um, there's a big a big promo of, uh, like you say, the whole Heart Foundation's out there. A load of them have got belts, and Brett's on his crutches. And then Sean appears to interrupt him on the Titan Tron. Uh, and says that he couldn't go 10 minutes in any situation. What's he referring to there?
4: Full sex, cock in a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 maybe a blowjob as well. Or a hand job. He did say he did specify any situation.
2: <laughs> and uh,
3: 10 minutes is a. Uh, Brett oh. gets, gets his own cock in his hand. He's a shop shooter.
4: 10 minutes is a. Uh, <sighs> too long for me. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes ain't bad, is it? <laughs>
2: That's pretty pretty good PB. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. The (laughs) Dick (laughs) Cathalog. So uh, Brett Hart says, Listen here, Sean Michaels. And Sean goes, Shut out the way, Brett, basically. He says, (laughs)
4: <laughs> I love this. Like, hey, hey, shut up for a second. <laughs> I'm about to ruin your goddamn marriage. <laughs> I'm gonna blow your life up.
2: Oh no! Right, they're, they're doing it. They're, they're shooting, and then yeah, he's pulling out A heavy artillery. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try and do this. It's not probably not gonna come through very well, but this is how it came across to me watching this. No, you know, we've all. If you've not heard about this, you've, you've been living under a rock. If you, if you, especially if you're our age, it felt like he goes. Even though lately you've had some sunny days. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually happen like that. Bit in my head, that's how it plays out. Also, it, you often suggest going and watch these uh, along with us talking about it. You don't have to watch the whole thing. You don't even have to watch the whole sentence. Just watch when he says sunny days and look at Jim Na- Jim Nightheart and Brian Bowman's heads because they suddenly go, huh? <laughs> 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 Owen's fury. It's all, you know. Yeah. Uh, you still can't, anyway, even though you've had some sunny days, uh, my friend, you still can't get the job done. The heartbreak kid coming off a knee injury, you coming off a knee injury, they're all handcuffed. Hitman, I'm going to knock you down and drag you out. And Brett accepts, and he says he only needs 10 minutes to win, or is the stipulation he'll never wrestle in America again?
3: So they got there for the SummerSlam match with The Undertaker in the end, yeah, because they were doing the
2: Canada stuff. and uh, Snowballs chance in hell, all that, all that sort of Didn't thing. Didn't take
3: 10 minutes in the toilets.
2: What was the... Uh, so what was the, the, the fallout from <laughs>
3: Well, so there's this thing, right, where Brett has said that in the, like he kind of was processing it in real time, obviously, and you can see, as you pointed out, Neidhart and mm. Pillman in particular. Because
2: it sounds like all hell breaks loose in uh, WWE. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was the following week, I think, where so Brett had had time to go home, and at this point, everybody was completely clear on what, son, what Sean was implying. Sean, who had at this point had... Um, a relationship with Sonny that was known, despite the fact that Sonny had been in a relationship with Chris Candido. Mm-hmm. Sean was resting the rumours. And Brett, in his book, always, and always maintained that it was just a friendship with Sonny. And he talks about a lot of relationships with women that were far more than just a friendship. So who are we uh, question, Brett Hart or El Dandy or anybody else. But it got back to his wife, and it was obviously a known rumour and all this sort of stuff. So he had about a week to simmer on it. And they get to the TV. Brett's always late. He's always he's always late no, and all that sort way. He didn't need very long when he got there to absolutely sketch. I was showing sure my cousin <laughs> punches were swung. Uh, he ripped a clump out of his hair, which Jim Cornette famously had. Sean takes it in at the desk, slams it on the desk Says, I'm going to nitro the whole deal. John, the friends, and the match was off. The match was obviously off. Both were taken off television. Uh, Vincent Mann, like. Ed, Vincent Mann had cultivated this by sending them out week after week to cut these promos on each other. Brett was saying that Sean and him had said, yep, yeah, goes personally. Thunder life. Rose and Britt Baker. Yeah, all this sort of stuff. But even even at that point, Vince was like, Enough. like this does not happen. You're both going home and your King of the Ring match is off and you can both just dissipate until otherwise, until I decide otherwise. Uh, and then obviously we get to, everything leads to everything. So everything with Brett and Sean is always everything. Montreal. <laughs> so it, like it is. Like Every single bit is everything else. But this was that. Huge explosive moment. And as I say, like, as long as we've all learned and grown and it could never possibly happen again, everything will be fine. Uh,
4: So we go to the comment section. (laughs) I think I've got an idea of what what it's going to be like. Is it? Right, okay. right. I want to caveat this, right? Wrestling fans are awesome. We met so many Mm. great ones. And even, like, around the place. You spotted loads of different interactions, and just wrestling fans collectively were just kind of really happy to see each other and bask in the big yeah. spectacle of a city-wide wrestling-themed celebration slash event. Everyone we met was so incredibly awesome. Everyone in the YouTube comment section <laughs> of the wrestling video has got an erection and a deep lying hatred of women, because I suspect Willborn. Is it okay? Is it, is it in fact so okay? Or Edge to shag around that. Oh my god, rated our superstar, he's over now. He's so entertaining. Is it as okay for Sonny to have sex as Edge? Uh, well, let's delve in and, and
2: find out. Thankfully, these are, these are maybe more. Yeah, they, they, I'll be honest. The comment section mainly focuses on Sonny, despite the fact the complete lack of her. in... There's the... six men on this video, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but once again, these do not reflect the views myself, the Daddy Boys, what culture, wrestling, or. Wider wrestling fans in general that don't hang around in comment sections. There we go. Yes, <laughs> uh, there was some. I did find some a couple of uh, passable comments. By the way, if this sounds a bit choppy, this audio it's probably because I've said something and we've gone. Yeah, that's we can't say that basically. <laughs> uh, but the first one was quite nice, just quite an innocent one. Chris Tanada writes, as an, ev- as an 11-year-old kid back in the day, I didn't understand the sunny reference. I thought Brett was injured, so he was at home, and he had some sunny days with a couple of rainy days as well.
3: Oh, that's nice. I love that, and it reminds me of an experience of my own. You know the uh, the song, The Sun Always Shines on TV? Yeah. Like, right, aha. I just took that literally. The, uh, <laughs> like, when I was younger, I just thought, yeah, well, that's why you close curtains, don't you? Like, just
4: <laughs> you stupid twat! <laughs> talking,
3: talking like when I was ten. Like,
2: he's <laughs> oh, like tell me about it. Oh,
3: you have to shut
4: the curtains, don't you?
3: People that use subtext. <laughs> people that use subtext, analogies, and metaphors are cowards.
4: It's a nightmare <laughs> like, in the in the window, when it's like really. Low, <laughs> your kitchen looks a little bit more grimy than it would in the summer. What a bit always. Oh, the sun always shines on bloody TV. All right, aha! All right, <laughs> uh-huh,
3: I'll take on you. Close the blind. <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, I've, got this, I've got this one just to pop you. Uh, John Kaluga writes, I swear Owen Hart was straight out of the Cobra Kai dojo.
4: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. New series out now, isn't there? It's coming this week, I think, maybe. It's
4: coming, but I ain't never seen a Karate Kid 3. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Karate Kid, the original, 1984, one of my favorite films of all time. The second one is, uh, it's just the same film except set somewhere else. The third one is that he goes, Duke. <laughs> Denny Sue as I am done. How many was there in the original run? Th- a trilogy, okay, mm-hmm. and then it was rebooted twice. I want to say yes. Because wasn't there one with a chick in the nineties? Yes, I think so. And, and then there was, m- one was Will
2: Smith's kid. Yeah, and it was Jackie Chan in that one as well. I believe so. Yeah, Because yeah.
3: Cobra Kai are gonna do like the Game of Thrones thing, or like oh, the books aren't finished? Yeah, we're making TV now. Catch <laughs> <laughs> up, asshole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, right now into. Shine Tommy's comment. Uh, Sean was so high in this promo, I checked myself into rehab after watching <laughs> it.
3: <laughs> Sean's said he's on record. He's on record. He would turn up to RAW, in no condition performing. He was at his. He was an angry young man. That was always the lie, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Sean was an angry young man.
2: Oh, I feel bad Still now. had a good
3: snap. It was better than you ever were, Triple H. He was an angry young man. <laughs> On your best fucking day, 1997, Sean, you couldn't lease his goddamn boots, and I bet you fucking tried while you were carrying his
2: bags, you asshole. I've just got wrestling fans there, but this next comment just comes from an alien. Uh, an alien writes, oh, I don't know what's more tragic, the way Sonny's life turned out, or the number of potential offspring I lost to her.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm fairly certain Sonny's life. And I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. If uh, you know, if you're answering that <laughs> question earnestly. Uh, sorry. <laughs> in, in case there's any readers who didn't get the subtext. To yeah, that, yeah. Sorry. Just in case there's any readers who didn't get the subtext to the comment. Read it. Read it again. Uh, I don't know
2: what's more tragic: the way Sonny's life turned out, or the number of potential offspring I lost to her. Basically, he was talking
4: about Jack and his goddamn fiend cack and uh, blowing his beans all over a tissue, a sock. <laughs> just, just, wherever, just wherever wherever it may uh, be. We've said
3: this before, like the sort of, the inadvertent bottom-of-the-barrel downtrodden poetry to the way people can discuss wanking in the YouTube comments <laughs> is incredible, isn't it? Like, lost my offspring. I just spunk everywhere. <laughs> when I'm on YouTube, it goes everywhere. so many wanks. Like, all,
4: all day. Uh, Chris- cleaners. <laughs> Esther they're all on a tissue. <laughs> you know that roll call. Cool. Uh
2: Chris wearing a flusher down. Gone. <laughs> Chris Chris Wal- 20 more kids up the U-Bend. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Walker. Um another poet in the comments. I didn't care if I had sunny days or sunny nights, I just wanted to wear her legs like earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh. Why <laughs> are they so horny? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't
3: even think the guy realized ear moths.
4: I don't even think he put that one together. Uh, what did it gain from this? It's my favorite thing of all time. What are the things going to happen? <laughs> I said one of them says, hey, if you re- oh, are I want to wear your legs like
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the one they hope that they spot the comments and go, let's see what this Chris is up to nowadays. I think I want to marry you. It's three years later. Let's <laughs> check him out. Uh, I like this one from John Doe. Unsurprisingly, yeah. in the comments, uh, this isn't even that bad. It's just—I'll uh, that... be the judge okay. of that. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> um, it's just the, the 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 writing, the way that they've worded this. <laughs> it's written eight months ago, so yeah, still still twenty twenty two. Sonny was the best in the 90s. I always rock with cute, bodacious blondes. I'm just 21, but I rolled the old school way. <laughs> I've not heard someone say the word bodacious outside of us taking the piss out of Matt Riddle for about 20 years.
4: Oh, my God. I just love how it always, always... You know what we should do is a little test for next week or like a week in the future, yeah. right? Is... Uh, like the most tonally wrong time to get your cock out on me <laughs> <laughs> just to see how depraved they'll go. Like I'm, I've got an example on the top of my head. Let's go through a uh, casting mind back. I think it's like late 2015 or there or thereabouts. And there's been awful lot of really unsettling speculation online uh, about Daniel Bryan, potentially having to retire, you know, he just came back from injury and just as quickly he's gone again. And, an announcement that is, you know, he himself has an announcement to make and he comes out and in genuinely one of the most moving moments mm. in the history of that show he comes out and says I have to be done Like I hate this so much there's no other way I, I have to be done and there's a be much better speech I'm obviously reducing it down and paraphrasing and then someone out there right shed a tear wipe it away and think hang on Daniel Bryan married to Brie Bella <laughs> I want to blow Brie Bella's back out <laughs> <laughs> They gu- guarantee Guaranteed, <laughs> you'll get that.
2: Yeah. Uh, final comment uh, from this
4: is not me. Is that actually you doing a disclaimer? Or <laughs> is, <okay. laughs> it's there, we'll just do a both cut co- to cover what rights <laughs>
2: <laughs> Right. It needs the groan as part of this. Does uh, it need it? <laughs> it feels Does like anything feel, needed. I feel like he's he's implying it. Ugh, Sonny can make a straight woman get wet.
4: <laughs> Why is it not enough? <laughs> yeah. Why deny someone sexuality? Why is it not enough to just say, you know, um, she's run out of face cream, I've got a load, or something like that? <laughs> or just, you know... S- just your be-
3: inside voice in your brain. Are you watching some, like, somebody on screen? Oh, fancy, yeah and that's, yeah. the, that's the whole thing yeah. the words don't need to come out they don't need to be warped they don't need to be
4: typed onto a the screen you there's so many processes that you don't need you to you go you don't need to deny someone's sexuality just no. when you get a twinge in yeah. your penis why Why could I do that? so thanks Chase Austin I, I might um, reserve some time later in the evening to masturbate over this <laughs> one the brain sees oh, I find somebody attractive it
3: then goes through like a Wallace and Gromit Rube Goldberg device <laughs> and ends up
4: online talking about losing children in tissues and being homophobic, Yeah.
3: <laughs> so
4: denying—oh my god, these people! Thanks. They do not reflect the views of what culture, no, anyone no. at what culture, or the awesome fans you met in Cardiff. From which I can probably reasonably extrapolate. You know what? There's some good ones everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm still in a great mood after a WWE show. Yeah, uh, not this one, as we'll get to <laughs> as we'll get to imminently. Uh, thanks to Chase Austin for that, though. Thank you. Well, we'll get to plenty of other TNA ones. Yeah, it don't has worry, years to come and a little cry in your personal time. I am I was going to say I don't need to hear about it, but I do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do. Uh, Ray got caught up with backstage about what's going on with his son. Uh, he said he needs to talk to him. He's called Edge's family. And then he challenged either Finn or Damien to a match later on. Uh, and then after the break, they showed... Uh, Walter, sorry, Gunther versus
4: Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. Oh, my God. Did you enjoy that? It was so unbelievably great. As artful as it was, repulsively violent in the best possible way. A classic, a special classic match. Sheamus's face afterwards was so nice because his body of work in the ring is great, but the issue is that he debuted in 2009. (laughs) So for literally more than a decade... He's never had a storyline that's got anyone on the hook emotionally or anything like that. He's so never asked for a match like this, has it? Yeah, never. ever. He's never done anything with this level of gravitas. So f- for him to get it, and I think the standing ovation was, you've just endured a war, but the bigger war you endured was, what, 12 years of, 13 years yeah. of, mm-hmm. 14 years of Vince McMahon creative? That's the real war you've just won right now. So fair play to you, mate. Right.
2: Uh, and then we got... Austin Theory. He's got his first name back. He comes out to the ring uh, and he kept calling Clash at the Castle crown jewel. I've, I implied from this that he got hit so hard he wasn't sure what show he was at.
3: He did too, I think, with that little bit of a sell of his jaw. He's doing some jaw stuff. I kind of admire his improvisational skills because was obviously a couple of flubs. But him getting sparked by Tyson Fury was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my goddamn life, live and in person, on multiple replays on the network after the fact. So I'm glad that like either they've used it or he has or a combination of the two because you can you
2: never know, sell that. Uh, but he said when he gets knocked down, he gets back up, uh, and he's happy that Roman Reigns is still champion and took the piss out of Drew McIntyre for losing in front of his friends and family. Well, it wasn't a complete loss, you know. He got to sing. Um, Theory um, promised to cash in on Reigns, and then he was interrupted by the brilliant Kevin Owens, who comes out and takes the piss out of him, getting KO'd, and he gets a you got KO'd chant, Uh, and he says he's happy he can call him Austin Theory again, but he told him that Fury did him a a favor, because if he cashed in, either Reigns or McIntyre would have beaten him, Uh, and Theory fires back, saying, well, at least, you know, I've held a title recently, you've not held one in years, uh, or you've all winning the briefcase. Um, and he said, oh, you can have a f- the first title shot on me after I win the title. Uh, and Owen says, well, to be fair, Drew McIntyre couldn't beat me a couple of weeks ago. And talked about, again, almost raining, ending Roman's reign six months in, 18 months ago. He would have been champion if it hadn't been for Jey Uso and Paul Heyman. Um, and Theory only won money in the match because he wasn't in the ladder match. Uh, and Theory said he's the hand-picked future of WWE. And Owens said, you're not the handpicked future anymore. And then Owens, as he often does, cut the, you know what, in the words of Jake Argonne, went, we all know where this is going. Where's the referee? The referee <coughs> slides in. Uh, and uh, he, he challenged him to a match.
3: Owens, as he was with Ezekiel, and there's probably been another feud that they've then asked you to forget six weeks later, he's always the one person that can get away with that thing. That, like... WWE is stupid, but I work here, so I'm going to have to figure out the stupidity. Is it I'm not meant to be stupid anymore, though? Well, I, I accept that as a criticism, but I think Owen is the one character that yeah is maybe, and can, And because he performs it
4: so well as well. And you think they've identified that rather than... Yeah. The thing that pissed me off about this is that... um AEW did this with the backstage interruptions, and I buried it then, is that if you're going to hang a lantern on something stupid and... We're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Simply don't do it. Yeah. I I think the reason... The gag has to be phenomenal, right, to justify this. I've used this example several times before. Before, when they realized, oh, we are kind of out the creative golden era here, the Simpsons writers had their last genuine bit of fun on the job. And I know it's shifted and all the rest of it, but the core group had their last genuine bit of fun on the job saying... Well, we're burnt out. Let's do some gallows humour about the show's kind of dying and we've just done it for too long and it's just not the same. Let's kind of take the piss out of how burnt out we are. And it was really funny. Like, there's going to be a robot maybe or something <laughs> like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, maybe home and what? Marge might get in trouble again. <gasps> and, like, that was good and it was better than this.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, with Owens, I kind of think at the moment, like, they're having another cake and eating it too with him. Maybe because he got it, smashed in his face all those years ago. But yes. like the, he's this one character. We've said it. They've basically reset him. It's like Triple H is saying, I didn't like all the things they did with his character I really love, so he's going to be this one instead. They've immediately inserted him for some sort of importance as relates to Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and all that kind of thing. But they're now including the fact that he believes he would have ended Roman Reigns' title run ages ago. So they're still trying to include what he's been doing all these years, even though at the same time they're trying to say, yeah, but it's actually the real is right now. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm saying. I would, Cedric's bang right there. Like, you just, just don't do it. But it does feel like the one guy that Triple H feels like he can kind of get away with. Like, bear in mind that, like, even if his character's been allowed to be a bit sort of looser with their scripting and Drew McIntyre saying, well, wrestles, let's wrestle. Like, that isn't the second scripted dig at Vince McMahon through mm. this Austin Theory character. So that's Triple A. Again, he's using Kevin Owens to be like, hey, Dad, I told Kev, you've got to stop saying that about you on screen. He's right now call me an asshole, Kev.
2: He's <laughs> guy. Uh, they had a fun match, uh, Austin Theory and Kevin Owens. He beat him up a lot, basically. I've have got
4: good content ideas, so.
2: Um, Owens goes after him after Theory jumps out of the ring immediately at the bell. Batters him. Cannonball in the corner. Frog splash off the apron. Um... We go to a break. We come back. Theory's coming out chin lock. Owens powers out of it. Two stiff clotheslines. Goes for a Swanson Bon off the apron, but uh, Theory gets his knees up. Uh, eventually, when we come back from another break, Owens fights back, knocks Theory off the ropes and manages to hit that Swanson Bon for a nice near fall. Owens hits a super kick. Theory dodges the pop up power bomb, though, and sends Owen into the post. And they brawl again around ringside. And then Owens takes this horrible bump. Head. Back first into the edge of the steps, basically. Horrible looking spot. It looked like he might be counted out. Theory goes for a superplex, but Owens out of nowhere. counters Fisherman's Buster. Pop-up powerbomb. Stunner. One, two, three.
3: I am glad that the Masked Magician signed for AEW on Sunday because I need him to explain one of WWE secrets and how the hell you take that bump and don't hurt yourself because Owens has done that a few times before. And he likes those, I remember when he was in Ring of Honor and he used to call the weapons toys and he would want to create the most ridiculous mega structure with which to hurt himself with. Like, what's the trick other than getting six concussions? Because that looks absolutely horrible. And as much as I love Owens, he knew that was going to get spoken about and gift and all the rest of it. But like, he was pretty much up and fine and winning the match a couple of minutes later. So I'm not even sure the deployment of it was as effective as it could have been. First couple of minutes, and then he has to spend the rest of the match recovering because it's so brutal. Yes, here. I'm not so sure.
4: I, uh, the match was pretty good. The mm. match was pretty damn good. And this is obviously the um, flashpoint of it, most worthy of discussion. Can I just shock you? I think good camera work got this over because there are times, and what I mean by that is 999 times out of 1,000 where you should just let the move be when yes. you are filming it because <laughs> if you cut away to the impact... With something like um, a lariat, you miss the fact that oh, they're really hitting each other in the safe space, and you miss that visceral. oh, he's hit someone with an aerial. You miss like the actual arc and agility and athleticism required to pull it off. With something like this, you kind of want to obscure mm-hmm. how them how it's done, not celebrate how it's done. Um, it just cut away, and I think that he didn't. He's back. The back of the head didn't hit the point of the stair. But just a flat surface, so it's kind of like a very because Kevin Owens is so skilled. Mm-hmm. I watched this a few times, and I think the back of his head hit the flat surface, but the camera obscured it, so that looked like the point. Because that's what everyone's looking at As, oh, he's going to hit the point. And in your head, you think, oh, he's done it. Um, so I think they've employed a bit of camera trickery to the point where. Realistically, it was just a more risky version that Owens was talented enough to pull off of, say, a suplex on the ramp by the back of your head mm. is naturally going to collide with that thin grate of metal. Mm,
2: fair play. Um, we got Miz and Champa again backstage um, saying he's going to win the US title tonight, basically, and they kept calling Dexter Loomis he that shall not be named. Damage controller walking to the ring. I think this is when we saw uh, the Nikki
4: A.S.A. argument. Uh, and... I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to point it out again. The idea that conflicts can happen in the background genuinely gets over the idea that these people have interior lives. Yeah, The idea in wrestling is ridiculous of the week goes by, you just to switch off because it's a show. And then you magically get annoyed again when the cameras are rolling. It's a dumb wrestling thing that's accepted, but we shouldn't have to accept mm-hmm. it as a form. It can develop it can make more sense. It can be more detailed and intelligent. And God damn it, that asshole Triple H is actually doing it sometimes. So it's a good job. It's a good trope because he's done about 15 of them. <laughs> he took over, so yeah. like,
3: it's his favorite thing at the moment. Isn't it? And
4: yet he still did something stupid to set up something good. Yeah. The Triple H era, boys. <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh, actually going to see if the uh, the Roman avatars have latched onto my tweet. <laughs> I don't usually um, get them anymore, but this one's... Um, uh, provocative. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, damage control come
2: down to the ring. Bailey talks about winning at Clash at the Castle, pinning Bianca Belair. 300 odd days, I think she said, before since she's been pin, pinned last. Um, and EO Sky points out next week they get a tag team title shot because Dakota Kai was correct. She was not the legal person in the match when Aaliyah pinned her. And uh, they're just basically saying, enjoy your final week as tag champs, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Uh, Bailey continues to brag, and this brings out Bianca Belair. Of course, um, Bailey tells her to shush. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just spreading. Um, and Belair said, "Oh, you know, you think you're so good? You beat me. Let's have a match. Let's have a match right now." And Bailey fires back, "No, no, no. It's Labor Day. I'm not working." Uh, she gets booed, and Belair says, "Look, you may have your minions, but I've got this. I've got the Raw Women's Championship." Uh, and as long as I've got the title, you're not in control. And there's a nice moment where you just see a second of doubt flash across Belair's face when they when Bailey sort of infers, "Yeah, you're the champ now, but I've got me and these two goobers, and you're all on your own now." And any eventually, anyway, eventually nothing happens. They they walk out of the ring. Bailey says she doesn't need to prove anything, um, and uh, we need to focus on next week. Kai and Sky are going to become the tag team champions. Um, and, sh- and Bailey says, when I'm ready, I'm going to win the title one way, moves Decoa Kai forward, or another, moves EO Sky forward. Fairly on the nose, but uh, I mean, more Bailey and Bianca Belair.
3: I thought this was good content, excellently performed. Um, the loftiest sort of comparison I can make to a like, three-person group of trio in WWE would be The Shield, right? And so often the whole point was that you could have the strongest, toughest babyface, an Undertaker being it, or a Rock. They were two big examples at the time. But the whole point was if you just suggest, even for a few weeks at a time, that these trio were to be feared, then when all of a sudden they surround you, then you're in trouble, right? And Bianca Belair sold that fantastically yeah. well. And it was time to do that with Damage Control because they had a really strong performance at Clash <coughs> at the Castle after a fairly middling start to life on the roster, right? In the matches they lost. We knew that the legal woman thing was going to come up. So the loss was going to be shrouded a little bit in controversy but they still lost. Mm They still got pinned one, two, three so it was like right, well how do you come back from that? The match did an excellent job of that at Clash of the Castle and I thought this was a terrific follow through. Bianca Belair's selling like she showed just enough airs to like treat damage control as a serious act. Bailey looked like a proper leader of a devastating threatening group kind of for the first time Mm -hmm. I would say since damage control were formed and Based on how awesome she was on Saturday, I remain even more certain that that match she had on Raw a couple of weeks ago, which didn't even have a gear, was a last-minute Triple H request rather than a, like, I think that was a something happened on the day. I, need, I got five minutes, Bailey will do. Because like, that wasn't that great. And then she was fantastic on Saturday. And it's led me to believe that the match in the crowd that Bailey and Bianca Belair have never had is going to be tremendous as well. I thought this was, like, a superb bit of business. And Bailey doesn't really need to beat Bianca Belair, um, so I'm like I'm quite looking forward to that match
4: as well. Um, I know they're obnoxious, but I love a victory lap because it gives me a runner's high. Um, I said from day one when everyone was going wild for the Summerslam angle. Yes, it's nice to see people back and or, well back back and promoted in the case of the respective uh, women who make up Damage Control, but at least two of them are wildly miscast, and that was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Clash at the Castle, people just want to say Bailey's a babyface because they love her. And I don't think anything she's realistically done outside of that was hot in the arenas or so great. But this, as Hample points out, was a really, really good version of what I think continues to be a noble failure of an idea. But this is really good. This was really strong.
2: I did like the fact when Bianca Belair was like, you didn't beat me. The three of you beat me. And Bailey just went, yeah. We'll do that again when no, we not a one match, yeah. yeah. And it was suddenly like, oh, bollocks. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, Sarah Schreiber chats with uh, Johnny Gargano backstage, um, talks about Austin Deary's comments about him, and he's just very excited because he's going to be back wrestling next week after nine months, which is going to be <laughs> a very different landscape to the one he left.
4: Um, I shouldn't be happy about this because I am trying to get away from the culture war. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the idea of, oh, God... Someone's just signed on the dotted line with AEW again. Ooh, looking forward to not wrestling for ages and just being in backstage segments.
2: <laughs> Johnny Wrestling?
4: More like, like Johnny you. talking.
2: <laughs> that did pop me, but that's because of was, and that's not because of the line it was any good from, from Austin Theory.
4: More like t- Johnny getting in the road backstage. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: Uh, then we got uh, Ray Mysterio versus Damian Priest. Uh, Mysterio immediately jumps Priest at the bell, of course. Uh, Priest fires back, though, goes for south of heaven. Mysterio slips out the back, and Priest just kicks him right in the face at that point. He takes over, sends Mysterio into the corner, but misses a tackle, hits the ring post, and Mysterio uses that advantage to hit a series of kicks. Springboard, crossbody, uh, and he looks like he's going for the pin, and he's just like, no, I'm on top of you. That's for my son, you prick. Um... Mysterio fights back, sends Priest to the floor, sliding drop kick that he does, and then, of course, the rest of Judgment Day appear. Finn Rhea Ripley, and Dirk Gareth Southgate. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Mysterio. Um, Mysterio gets a bit distracted, dives off the apron anyway, though, but that allows Priest to catch him with a forearm. Uh, Mysterio breaks free when we come back from another break, kicks Priest in the head, sends him to the floor, hits a huge dive to the outside, sent on in the ring, lion salt, two count for Rey Mysterio. Uh, Priest goes for a slam, but Mysterio counters it into a DDT, uh, and then he hits a Hurricane Rana off the top rope for a nice near fall. Priest uh, avoids a six-one-nine and kicks Rey Mysterio right in the head. Um, goes for the Razor's Edge, but Mysterio reverses and puts him right in prime position for the six-one-nine. He hits the ropes, goes to hit, goes to hit the six-one-nine, but who is stood on the apron? Dominic Mysterio. This stops him in his tracks. He just stares at him. Rhea Ripley slides in to take the referee. This allows um, them to just basically use their numbers advantage to take down Rey Mysterio. He gets hit with the South of Heaven. One, two, three. Post-match, they cut a promo. Uh, Rhea Ripley calls herself pappy.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Mm. And uh, so there's one more person to take care of and announce that next week it will be uh, Dominic Mysterio versus Edge. Uh,
3: so Rey Mysterio is... Was, has always been such a million-dollar asset to any wrestling company and a massive star, not just because all of his moves have always been absolutely awesome and he was a game-changing physical specimen once upon a time, but because almost nobody in mass wrestling history has been able to emote as well as he does, which is why WCW was so stupid to take it off in the first place, right? He did that here. This was another, like, judgment day with the Mysterios whatever match but he can do this physical storytelling stuff still really, really well. Bruce Pritchard is sometimes such a patronizing arsehole on that podcast with Conrad, where he's like, oh, yeah, sorry there wasn't 100 million moves in this, but there was something called a story. Wait, were you telling a story? This is what he means, because WWE used to do this all the time, and maybe they can do some more of it again. This is absolutely what he means. This was a nothing match made great by how well Rey Mysterio was selling the stakes of the situation he finds himself in. Dominic is... Rubbish, but like Ray Mysterio will work as hard as he can, and to be fair, the judgment day will too. And Ray Ripley and all that, but like the performance, Dominic doing absolutely nothing is ideal for him and completely defined by what Ray does in response. Mm-hmm. So, this was the most effective way of people that still need to kind
4: of like figure themselves out. I thought, N- nothing to add, mm. I agree completely. I did like the um reversal from the south of heaven because I really thought he was like gonna get his <laughs> little brain blown out. <laughs> 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 so well done.
2: Uh, Sarah Schreiber traps with Bobby Lashley I did like the fact that he's like Miz he just thinks he's getting away from Dexter Loomis In a cage match He's in a cage match with me And I was like Yeah I know it's, He's really not thought this one through This
3: is a borderline plot hole actually Yeah Like to be honest I know that like It's, it's a wrestling match And the Miz should feel like oh, I can win a wrestling match It's Bobby fucking Lashley Yeah In every situation Oh
2: phew the zombies can't get me now I'm in the shark tank Yeah
4: What? <laughs>
2: Ridiculous. Uh, and they re- Triple
4: H for you. Uh, they recap Braun
2: Strowman, <laughs> and he's, he's walking about backstage, and he says uh, he's going to show up on SmackDown, basically. So we'll talk about that on the SmackDown preview, of course, this week. Then we get a video package of uh, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle from uh, Clash of the Castle. Um, I just always think of that. Is it called a hematoma? I keep calling it that. The big old lump on, on Riddle's mm. head after he got stomped a second time was just... Riddle gets interviewed, and he says, look, I let my emotions get better of me. I got beaten. I was carried away, but I want to fight him again. And she catches up with Rollins, who's in a preposterous outfit, as always, and got his, I think, heart sunglasses on. And he just says, no, everyone loved me. Everyone loved singing my song, and bollocks that guy. I beat him, so I'll move on to bigger and better things.
4: Yep.
3: (laughs) I like like the development. The rematch is going to rule as well. I like the development.
2: Yeah, I really like this. Uh, And then it was time for the main event, the steel cage match, versus... Uh, The Miz versus U.S. Champion uh, Bobby Lashley, Um, and immediately before the bell even rings, Miz jumps Lashley. They take him out of the uh, out of the cell so that, uh, well, out of the cage, sorry, so that um, he can utilize Champa, who I think has been brilliant in this role, to just beat him up and, and try and get the advantage. Basically, they trapped his arm in the cage on the outside and Miz hit it with the steel steps to give him the advantage. So when we came back from the break and the match already started in the steel cage, Lashley clearly wasn't at 100%. Um, Miz goes for, hits something, goes to escape very quickly, but Lashley pulls him back down and tries to climb himself, but his arm's too tired. It's the age-old thing that you always said, Sidge. If you're a babyface, face are you trying to get out of the, the cage? Why don't you just kick someone's head in?
4: Um, Especially Lashley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Climbing out of a cage with the Miz in it. <laughs> Kiss my ears. Even, is, even when, he, when he won the title, and they did that whole roar around like the Miz, you haven't got
3: a chance mate. Yeah. Like yeah the whole yeah. WWE title match, it was like, now you've got to your end of the bargain, because Lashley helped you win, you've got to defend it, you can't get out of this, and that wasn't even a cage around <coughs> the ring, it was just the ring. Yeah.
2: Uh, Miz recovers, hits the it kicks for a near fall, Lashley fires up though, belly to belly suplex, he's chucking around all over the place, Chucks him into the cage, I did think for a split second, oh careful, when you When you did that. When you did that. And just like broke the cage. <laughs> just, I'm worried that you're going to accidentally lose this match. Um, so uh, Lashley sets up for the spear. Miz tries to go out the door. Champa tries to pull him out. But Lashley pulls him back in. Uh, and uh, again, he tries to escape. But Champa hits the cage with a chair. So Lashley jumps down. And Miz hits this wild running knee uh, for a near fall. Lashley gets back up though, throws Miz, Miz into the cage. Go for a spear, uh, but Miz avoids it. tries to escape. Lashley cuts him off. Champa tries to help. It didn't work. Lashley gives uh, Miz a superplex. He misses a spear. He hits the cage. Miz hits the skull crushing finale. Uh, that gets a two count. tries crawling towards the door, but Lashley grabs his legs. Lashley tries to go out. Uh, instead, Champa tries to slam the door in Lashley's face, but he grabs it. and Just hits Champa with it. This allows Miz to attack Lashley from behind, though. Hits him with the cage door numerous times. Looks like he's out cold, but his body's slumped the way that Miz wants to go. So, Miz just goes, oh, bollocks, I'll just climb out of the cage instead. And incredible, Phil Chambers has put this over on Twitter, an incredible shot of sort of an aerial view of Miz about to climb down from the top of the cage when, you know, like in a... I don't know why I've thought of, like, Grease, but they're working on a car, and someone goes, hey, Tony, and he, like, slides out from <laughs> yeah. underneath the car, and That's he's got good. oil on him. That's what I thought of Dexter Loomis looking like here. He just to say something about me? He just slid out from underneath the ring, looking like a creepy bastard that he is. I love him at the moment. Until he wrestles, I love him. He's he's my guilty pleasure on Monday night. But he all. has
4: to wrestle. This is a wrestling show. Granted,
2: but we've not got that yet, so we're okay. So, uh... He's just got the weird look on his face. He's just staring at Miz. Uh, and Miz goes, oh, I'm not having this. I'd rather get back in a cage with Bobby Lashley. Come on. Unsurprisingly, Bobby Come Lashley just, and run away. <laughs> just just spears him for the victory. Uh And uh, Lashley retains the United States Championship post-match. Loomis gets in. Miz tries to leave. And Lashley just holds it shut and goes, bollocks to you, mate. And Loomis chokes him out and does that hair rustling
4: thing, uh, ruffling thing that he does to uh, to close out Monday Night Raw. This isn't just my, I like wrestling more than sports entertainment sensibilities informing my take, right? I would rather get attempted murdered by Dexter Loomis than wrestled by Bobby Lashley. (laughs) Personally, terrible optics to, again, it's he does something stupid to advance something else. The idea that you are less scared of Bobby Lashley (laughs) Than this wacky serial killer who people like because it's quite funny, it's just impossible to take seriously, and indirectly, there's in my opinion a lot of damage to Bobby Lashley, who was so much hotter during the Champa thing than the actual graduation to the Miz thing. Um, so I think they've had a few bad weeks of Bobby Lashley, earnestly. I know I like to a little dig at Triple H, I can't help myself, but <laughs> earnestly, he's done, I think, a worse job than he had already been doing. Um, to his credit again, Pulls Full Gear 2019, we are here now. This was just a rubbish Vince Cage match that made the stipulation and the baby face look like assholes. Yeah. And he did something bad to do something very good with the camera angle. Um and I've got fewer thoughts than that. I will say, right, that what what is it that Dexter's doing to Miz that he hates so much? You can't be getting kidnapped because he got released and he, or you escaped. Mm. So is there a mystery, or is he just a rubbish kidnapper? Like, what am I missing here? Because he won't talk about it. He won't say, oh, I'm scared. Is he just trying to no-sell nose it? Like, the anxiety? Or if I just pretend it? Because like, people bury things deep down. I don't, or is there a mystery if he's not actually kidnapping him, he's doing something else? What is it? You were then, saying
2: before, when he was in NXT, that then,
4: uh, oh, man, Chamber gave me the creeps. Oh man,
3: they don't think about that, and that's what pisses me off about Dexalimus, is they don't think about that. What Dexalimus does, in effect, is be a me. terrible murderer. Scares <laughs> Miz on television for two hours, three hours a week, like, and then s- lets him return safely home to his family for seven days. That's what we know about Dexalimus and the Miz every single week. It's preposterous. This is a, this is a
4: bad one-dimensional gimmick. Well, we know what he's
2: doing for the rest of the week.
4: He's blowing Indy Hartwell's back out. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. With, his nine po- with his literal 9.5-inch <laughs> <laughs> Like, I thought this match- engorged with blood. Yeah. <laughs> Deep inside a vagina, the intensity of which makes her scream with pleasure.
3: Maybe I would rather get back in a cage with Bobby Lashley. <laughs>
2: think <of> about <that>. it. <laughs> Wait a second, we just figured uh, out.
3: I thought most of this match was drab CWC crap, and I can say CWC because it's got Dexter Linus involved in yep, it as well. Yep, yep. So that, that fits that triple H quirk. Um yeah, the Bobby Lashley thing is interesting, right? So like I think what was the point, Cedric, you are saying? He's doing a bad thing to try and do a good one.
4: Yes, the what he's doing is he's doing deft as successfully as he did Ric Flair in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> the... He's trying to
3: establish, and he's doing this with Gunther on um, Smackdown, but less so because Roman Reigns is there more often, the United States champion as the steward of Monday Night Raw in the absence of a, of a top champion, right? And there's been a lot of title defences. Some of them have been in the main events. And in the case of the champ one, I like the AJ one, but the champ one especially was like universally really well received. You know, stand a good chance of doing that, right? Like the United States title will do in the absence of Roman Reigns. Um, but it's the belt Rather than what Bobby Lashley would do with it, you've got to do both. You can't just say, Well, the US title's going on last and the US champion keeps retaining because Bobby Lashley wouldn't fart about in this cage. He would absolutely wreck the Miz and leave. Mm-hmm. That's what he would do. Like he would have this competitive match with Champa, he would probably brush off AJ Styles a bit quicker than he did, and he's kind of forgetting that very, very important yeah. element of it. And I think that's and I think about Brett all the time. It's a bit, t- it is a bit Tony Khan, a little bit a unfocused. Little bit. I, I think missing the real point sometimes. Brett, there's that famous finish where he escapes the cage while the Undertaker pulls Diesel through the canvas. And Brett hated that because it like, well, it makes me look like an asshole. Everybody knows I'm going to lose to Shawn Michaels now because I'm just this paper champion. Like, you cannot paper champion a guy like Bobby Lashley because ultimately you want him to be your top champion down the road because it's Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And there's no
4: Roman Reigns, so he's the top champion of Raw. Yeah. Yeah, for it's, all intents and purposes. The belt
3: is absolutely being established as this key thing to focus everything around, but they're not thinking about the guy holding it very much in the way that they're arranging these. He's, a, again, and I hate this too, he's a bit part player in somebody else's story. Yes. That's been the case for weeks now, so don't love that. But that is effective. Like, the belt is becoming this reason to be on Raw, and that's a plus.
2: Yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWW. Well, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWW, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. And just like Chase Austin did, you can leave a five-star review, review on iTunes or you can just leave us five stars on Spotify and email me your review, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, for us to review a segment instead of some awful segment on Monday Night Raw, basically, still,
4: it still, it still qualifies as well <laughs> because that yeah. Roman segment was awful. Yeah, never gonna let it die. <laughs>
2: um, but also, we'll be back later on today. Uh, rather than the NXT 2.0 preview, we'll discuss all the fallout from Worlds Collide, etc. On the 2.0 review tomorrow, bigger fish to fry. No offense to NXT fans with uh, everything going on at AEW. We're going to review all <laughs> NXT
3: <about>. fans. <laughs> No offense to the people that listen to this, like the NXT Review podcast, that have never watched an episode of 2.0 in their lives. <laughs> and now suddenly watching the main event of one of WWE's biggest shows of the year is like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> but
2: we've got to deal with everything that's going on in AEW. And that's what we're going to be doing a little bit later on today, as well as reviewing all out. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.